0: It's holding yourself accountable for that credibility, meaning um, if you're not living up to the standards that you're setting, then nobody else is going to live up to those standards at all. They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock. Taking conversation all the way to
1: 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't
2: it?
1: These go to 11. 11. 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Brant Menzoir. That's right. This is how we do it. <laughs> Remember
3: when we used to sing in front of every episode? <laughs> what? And then people complained. We never did that. So we stopped doing it. That's right. (laughs) Now we just do it when we're not recording, which is It's
1: thoughts that rock, 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 where we talk about, oh, I don't know, uh, different pieces of uh, advice people are giving. Hopefully that'll be helpful to you. We try to tackle uh, subjects and circumstance that people might be struggling with right now. And uh, this is one that I think uh, today is actually incredibly helpful for people.
3: Yeah, it's right down the middle of the plate. And I know if you're in a leader's role at all, holding other people accountable is tough. It's not fun. Dun, dun, dun.
2: It has to be done.
3: It has to be done. <laughs> I, I was I'm not going to lie, man. I'll tell you right out of the gate. I was more excited about my buddy being on than, yeah. than just the topic itself. Yeah. It's uh, and I know. I'm not sure you guys have physically met before it act. You guys acted like on the show, like you had never met it. Maybe you haven't, but I know we've met each physically
1: we've met several times in astral projection, but I don't want to get into that right now. Yeah. That's a different episode. That's weird.
3: Yes. It's my good friend that I have known for 40 years in high school, Dirk Donahue. It's a great name. Um, Dirk and I, man, we have, we've sort of followed each other. He was two years in front of me. So you know wherever he went to college I went to college we were both on music scholarships when he was teaching in middle school uh, I was a substitute teacher there for a while for 6 years he was there a little bit longer we worked as hosts at Olive Garden together like we had, we landscaped <laughs> together sticks,
1: <laughs>
3: yes we were actually hosts he would seat one side of the olive garden I'd seat the other it was so much fun. We both have twin daughters, uh, which is weird. It, it's just, it's crazy. It is. But um, uh, on a serious note, and on a on a business note, he, um, th- this guy's amazing. He's got a killer voice, and for 28 years, he's been working at Walt Disney World with the world renowned Voices of Liberty, one of my favorite groups. If you don't know who these guys are, it's all acapella and sometimes 12 part harmony, and they're just. They're amazing. They perform in the American Pavilion at Epcot, if you have ever been out there. Mm -hmm. He's been a lead there, um, does Candlelight Processional every year. But really, now he's a Dapper Dan, which is a Mm four-part. He's uh, a
1: Dapper Dirk, if we're going to (laughs) be.
3: He's probably never heard that before. (laughs) He's a Dapper (laughs) Dirk. Um, And they perform on Main Street in Disney World at the Magic Kingdom. So if you've ever been out there or seen, I don't know, the episode of Jimmy Fallon, there's all kinds of a cappella quartets out there. He's a barbershop singer for sure. Um, But he's also a performance director at Johnson (coughs) Bible College. He's won a ton of different Disney awards, including the Legacy Award. I could go on and on. You definitely have to check out his bio. I'm just saying, you know, I love gushing over this guy because when I'm with him, I talk about you. And when Mm -hmm. I'm with you, I talk about him. And Mm -hmm. it was cool for all of us to be on there. Bunch of laughs. But honestly, Derek had some great meaty stuff totally. for people to go. If I got to hold someone accountable <laughs> here are three, you know, I, I don't know if they're life changing, but it definitely were. Well, really, listen, really it's a touchy subject,
1: right? It's a touchy subject. Yeah. Holding people accountable. Um, oftentimes we don't know where to start um, or how to approach it. We feel, you know, we let our sort of our emotions take over and he gives some really, really great advice totally. as to how to get the ball rolling and address this and make sure that you can hold people accountable when you need to. Even if it's a podcast co-host. It's time for us to transition into the show. Let's do it. There he is.
3: Dirk Donahue. Bad.
0: It needs to be said like that.
3: It does. It goes back to our old friend, Don Sanderson. He used to always introduce Dirk. Even if we were just walking into a room, <laughs> yeah. ladies and gentlemen.
1: Dirk
3: Donahue.
0: <laughs> I had a, a former, ma- well, he's a friend, he's a former manager at Disney who would say, you just can't say Dirk. Your name has to go Dirk yeah. Donahue. It's like right? share yeah. Madonna Dirk Donahue. <laughs> well, we should probably get
3: right to, to business. I mean, honestly, this is a how to podcast. We're already reminiscing, man. Dirk, Dirk and I, as I said in the intro, we go back now, probably 40 years, high school. And, you know it's cool because I've been on uh-huh. Brant that I've been trying to get you on the show for a long time, and the way that we changed the format and and uh, and and really have positioned ourselves to do a weekly uh, free podcast now, I said, man, this is going to be great to finally have him on. So, brother, we're just we're we're interested that you're actually here, and I know the topic um, is right up your alley because this is something that you have to do. You're managing people out at Disney and. Uh, You know and and some other things too even at the college as we said in the intro so we're talking about how to hold others accountable and let's just you know throw it over to you what is your first thought that rocks on this topic
0: all right well, first thought that rocks is giving appropriate correction in a very positive way so correction meaning in the world of entertainment and music um, what we would call notes giving somebody notes after a performance Mm. and you probably heard I'm sure multiple people have different ways to do it. I personally call it a note sandwich <clears throat> because the the meat of the note is the is the hamburger inside the sandwich, but then everything else is just garnishes onto it to add positivity to the note which might be not tasting that great. But if the burger doesn't taste that great, but you've got some chipotle mayo on it. It might taste a little bit better. So, finding the uh, Derek, positives we,
1: we, we call that in the something correction, else. if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, Brant White. So, um, French. Yeah, uh, well, that's kind of what it is. A shite sandwich.
3: Hold on, I've got the bleep button right here. No, no worries. <laughs>
1: so, so like, give us an example of
3: when, when would you probably use that uh, I mean obviously when somebody is, it needs some course correction they've done something wrong like h- how would you actually use that in practice
0: yeah there's so um, there's there's so many variables in performance um, at Disney for instance um, with the Dapper Dans which is what I do full time now is we have the main thing, which is the barbershop, the singing. And then there's the choreography, which is a layer on top. And then there's the timing of jokes, which is another layer. And then there's one more layer of these um, organ chimes that we play. So we equate it to uh, a guy at the circus who's spinning this plate and spinning this plate and spinning this plate all at the same time. He's keeping the plates spinning while it's in inter- it's all the plates are spinning at the same time. Well, some of those, Plates might fall, So we got a, the note correction. You're singing this part wrong. Hey, you know, there's, it's just a wrong note and it has to be corrected. But then you s- come in and say, Hey ma'am, um, great job with the chimes on this song. Terrific. I love the way you say this right here. You're saying, I think you're singing a wrong part. Um, so let's go over that real quick, but man, the way you handle the crowd on this specific, you know, uh, tag was terrific. So, they come away with a lot of positives, but in the middle we said you're singing this note wrong. Instead of just coming at them, hey man, you're this part wrong, which leaves the person like, "Oh, crap. Uh, I just, you know, did all this other stuff, but that's all they're going to focus on?" Yeah. So that's that's the old note sandwich.
3: Is it when you're also, I guess as a director, like when you're at it, at the college um or or even in a situation where you're maybe on a level playing field with the peer, maybe you don't even have any direct power or influence as a director. I'm sure you do. How would you do that? If it was somebody yeah. that was, you know, maybe equal and, and level with you, would you sort of take the same approach? Cause as a director, I guess you could just go right for the middle and just say you got to fix that and move on or else you'll be taking forever to have these conversations. Right. Yeah, that's
0: a, that's a, um, that's a touchy situation technically because of our union peers don't really uh, have the authority to say, Hey man, you're singing Mm -hmm. this part wrong. Sometimes those people will come to the leader like me and say, uh, we may need to go over this part. I think, you know, Fred is singing a wrong part. Fred, that's for you, Jim. (laughs) Um, But there's a, there's a, there's a, Another way around it, I guess, we could just say, hey, can we sing that part? Instead of saying, hey, Fred's singing this note wrong, as the set is over, you could go to the other leader or whoever and say, hey, do you mind if we sing through this? I don't know if we're all you know nailing this. Instead of saying, hey... Fred's singing this wrong. We need to fix this. It's Hey, let's sing through this. Something doesn't sound to me completely correct and hopefully at that point we can figure out oh, yeah, this I, guy's singing a wrong note. Hey, and correct yeah. it. At the college it's different though. At the college, you know, when I'm in, you know, the director, I I think people find it find it refreshing to say being very specific. Yeah. Say, "Alto's this note's wrong." And say it with a smile. Hey, let's get this part right. Altos will sing this. Instead of saying, somebody's just ambiguous, somebody's singing a note wrong, and I think it's on the <laughs> left side of the room, um, and they have long hair, well, and they're older. Well, here, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think people appreciate the directness instead of being around the bush. You can still be direct and do it with kindness and and knowing that it comes from hey we want the le- we want it to be good we want the level to be here and right now it's not because we're singing the wrong part but i think people appreciate directness
1: i love the analogy of using a quartet a barbershop quartet you know is explaining this because typically what happens in business is you're working on a project together and somebody sings a bad note Mm -hmm. everybody knows that that note was wrong. (laughs) Everybody knows that note was wrong, but no one wants to say shite about it. Right. And that's the problem. And so what they do is they start to adjust what they're doing, what they're singing. And before you know it, you don't have one note wrong. You've got two notes, three notes, four notes. Mm -hmm. Now you have... Zero harmony because everyone's trying to move to adjust instead of just addressing it head on in a polite, nice way and go. I don't think that this is the right note, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and
0: exactly, and and learn. There's learned behavior too. If you and this is this personally happens to me all the time. Unless I'm corrected on that note, I will think that's the right note always, and then mm-hmm. I've learned it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and then um, that's why on, we do it on a weekly basis, we go back to square one and we have rehearsals and we look at them and we look at the music and we sing and we memorized it. Oh, I memorized this two measures completely wrong. I've got, I've got the mm-hmm. wrong notes They They work in the chord, but they're not exactly right. So right. that learned behavior is a, I've learned it wrong. And now I think it's right. And then I go back to square one and go, oh. We can start again. So, if the leader at the time is with it enough, and that's that's a hard part about being a leader, and that's why at Disney they pay us a little bit more, is to say oh, you got to know all the parts, mm-hmm. you got to be in charge of everything, know what's going mm-hmm. on, all situations, all occasions, and be able to sing your part and cover what you're doing along with listening and watching the other guys. And it's not judging. It's just like, hey, this is the standard that our, our leaders have set. We have I have a, a musical leader and I have a show leader who says, okay, you know, you say these lines like this. You perform like this. Now our musical, says, musical guy says, I want this. So my job is to keep those guys happy, whether I agree or disagree with what they say. And most of the times I agree. Um, doesn't matter. My job is to do what my managers have asked me to do. And part of it is giving notes on this stuff and and holding myself, which we can talk about later, accountable for some of this yeah. as well.
3: When I was putting our corporate university together at Hard Rock, one of the things that I learned, which is a little scary, is that airline pilots are off course ninety percent of the time. Like they get the takeoff, they get the landing. Don't tell me that. All the stuff in the middle. <laughs> Don't that tell me crazy. that. But but the computer or they 90? get it, it's all course correction, the whole thing. And sort of You know, I've equated it to, you were saying learned behavior. I love that analogy. Brant knows I talk about learned behavior quite a bit in in my talks, and in my book. I do think that people in general, every once in a while, just need a little bit of course correction. Some are small and minor and others are a little bit bigger. But I I think your approach also is instead of muscling their behavior, instead of managing through threats and punishment and fear, which by the way, I'm sure there's still some people that get away with that somehow. You can totally do it in a positive way and still get the end result, if anything, even better, because I I think they, they, you know, they they focus on you a little bit more. They're going to be loyal to you a little bit more. They're probably sticking around a little bit longer in the business world. So I I think this is a great, you know, a a great first thought. What what is your second thought that rocks?
0: This one is knowing when to let it slide until Mm -hmm. later. So not just let it go but let it go for a bit, get it, get the Disney reference Lego. And then, but come back to it when it's a better time to approach Man. the subject. So, um, when I, so I've been lucky enough to sing at Disney since 1995. Um, and we are, we have one year contracts. And so I've had 28 one year contracts been very That's lucky. Awesome. There's not a ton of us around that have that. Um, so, I'm at a point in my career where I, you know, I'm just near the end of the twilight of my Disney career. But through the years, especially the very, very beginning of it, we're learning so much music and there's so many levels to it. And I thought I was a pretty good performer. I was must have been pretty good to get into the group that I got into is the Voices of Liberty at Epcot. And uh, a guy equated, uh, had a, a sign note, a guy got into the group, he left grad school and got hired. And his mom's like, what are you doing? You're leaving grad school to go sing at Disney. She says uh, to him and he, his response was, this is like a basketball player making the NBA. That's the quality. So mm-hmm. I, just to be in the group and Jim knows he and I had been fr- fans of them since Epcot opened. Um, it was a big deal for me to get in that group. And then I got in there and I felt maybe for like two years, I was an awful singer, an awful performer, just because I was constantly learning music and getting it wrong and being corrected. So this point that rocks, the second one, is is kind of tailing off that, meaning that somebody who's still learning and still trying to navigate their way, sometimes you don't just pile on. It can't be, it's a day where it's, man, He's been. I've given this guy a note after every set. At some point I need to go, okay, in the grand scheme of things, I can let this go because it may happen again, or maybe he'll correct it. If it's just singing a little flat on this note, it's fine. Maybe it was just a, a one-time anomaly. If it's a reoccurring thing, okay, we can fix it. But piling on is not going to help the situation. It's my job, but I can wait till later and say, hey, man, two days later, and we can figure this out at a different time. If the person is willing to, you know, just is really kind of goes with the flow, you know, then it's okay to to pile on. But most of the time, you got to be sensitive to the person. Individuals are different. Each individual person has their, um, how much they can take as far as that stuff goes. And so... If the person is filled to the brim with notes and they're ready to bust, now is not the time to do it. Later is the time to do it. Doesn't I mean it gets slid completely, yeah. but it can wait till later. I
1: again I love the I love the analogy yeah. there too, Jim. It's it's one of these things that uh so as as uh, uh, also a singer of different uh style and type, Dirk. Um it is uh uh one that you as you know Sliding into a note is not a good thing unless it's a planned thing. Yeah. (laughs) Unless it's, and
0: we do a lot of that in barbershop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of slides in barbershop. Yeah. If it's it's written that way, that's great. If it's because you're under the pitch and you're trying to find it um, and you eventually hit it, that's what I love about this analogy is that it's not stop singing, right? It's not sing the wrong note it's slide until you get to the right place. And I think that that is a great analogy as well with this is it's, you're not going to stop what's happening, but you're going to let it slide until you can get to that right place, but you got to get to that right place. You can't just let it go or there's never going to be that course correction. We talked about the first point. Agree.
3: I, I love, love, love this thought as well. And mine, uh, you know, and I've used this in my career from a different perspective. Uh, Mine was you know, when I was at Hard Rock, I was just a host, I was seating tables. To go from being a staff member to being a manager is a monumental leap. And I wasn't really a supervisor. There wasn't a real gap. It's one day you're seating people's tables and then the next day you're holding people accountable. And that's a tough thing, especially in that environment with some pretty, I would say, irreverent, pretty unpredictable, unique people. You know, some of the most unique people I've ever seen on the planet. And now all of a sudden, I I, got to write people up or whatever. It was so weird. So I made a cognizant decision when I was going through my management training to do this exact thing that you just said, Dirk. I said, I am purposefully going to not write anybody up, counsel them, anything for six months. I said, I'm just going to be a sponge. I'm going to soak it up. I'm gonna see some stuff that I probably was doing. You know, people weren't supposed to be eating a hamburger in the side station where the guests could see them, but I used to do it too. So I was like, if I saw anything, I would let it slide. But then at some point, as I got closer to the six months, I would sort of start using some uh, some some very non-threatening language. I'd be like, "Come on, man, you're gonna get me in trouble. You got, yeah. you know, you, you know, you're not supposed to be chewing gum. Just be, you know, be calm, careful, man." So then at some point, the seventh, yeah. eighth month, now it's like, dude, you put me in a corner. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. You know, it's not right. Remember that time I let you slide. Now, unfortunately, I, I have to write you up or I have to document it or whatever. But but what I got from that, again, was that at least this bracket of time where there was some loyalty, there was some credibility. You know, people were okay with me now holding them accountable because they remember this guy, you know, he, he was one of us, but he also let me slide for a while. So for me, it was that, that jump from being an hourly paid employee to being a leader, um, which was a big, big leap in that business.
0: Oh, absolutely. You can imagine the same sort of thing being just a a singer. And then all of a sudden you're in charge of singers and uh, getting back to that first one. I mean, the note sandwich and, and this, um, the, the voice, it, your performance, voice, acting, singing, all that stuff is very, even more personal. It's it's you. A lot of people, specifically performers, are defined by their voice or their performance or the way they act. And now you're criticizing that. And it's, it's really, really, sometimes it's very, very hard to take. And um, we, <laughs> we call it TTFN. And um, I won't use a colorful metaphor, but it's take the freaking note.
1: <laughs> I thought it was Tantau for now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does mean that. But yes. Very Yes, Tantau for now. Yeah. You've obviously Four. been to the Hollywood. You've been to MGM <laughs> Studios back in the day when TTFM. But yeah, it's, it's slightly different. But take the freaking <laughs> note. Somebody gives you yeah. a note. And it's like, but I, but my, and I, but I, you know, but it's mm-hmm. yeah. just take the note and, um, it's hard to do. So if, if you're taking notes all day long, you're just getting beat down. It's just not as fun. So knowing when to let it slide. And I like the way you thought of that brand that it slides to note, um, let it slide. Cause you'll eventually need to get back to that, to that major chord mm-hmm. or that barbershop seven chord. You know, you know, the barbershop. So. Yeah.
1: We used to, um, yeah, exactly. We, A dominant uh, seven chord in the, I used to work with, with banding people together, Jim and I both. And, and, uh, it was this scenario that, uh, Alan uh, Schaefer, our, our good buddy, who, who is the founder and CEO there, I used to tell him all the time that he was, uh, for Christmas, I was going to send him a dream catcher with a knife in the middle of it because he, he was my dream killer. Uh, and it was, Ouch. Oh, it was, it's true though, but we, we laugh about it now. But the reason that I felt that way is because he was giving me notes while we were basically still singing, right? Like, wh- yeah. let, let's, can we get to the point where, but as in the moment, is not the moment to give me the note. <laughs> you know? that's let the dream fly
0: Yeah yeah that's actually that's that's another way to say, let it slide. I don't need to be telling the guy on set like look i I had a guy we were I was singing in another group um, at the Hollywood studios, and a buddy of mine tells a story um, of this guy looking at him and going. You're on, on set in front of everybody, and I mean, okay, I get it, but you can't let that slide to li- yeah. after you walk off set. Or yeah. we have technicians who are um, who watch us when we sing. We're mic'd up now, which is different from the, the 70s and 80s and 90s. The dappers are fully mic'd, which is really great. Um, but we have techs who are there and. We're walking off set and we're still on stage if you know the lingo of Disney we're yeah. still on stage as we get backstage we're we're playing on the way off we have this playoff that we play with our chimes and a tech is trying to talk to me hey did you like the sound? i was I'm trying to I'm like let's wait till we get backstage and let that slide until later people you know just correction in the moment is not yeah. this is not the way to do it. it's it's hard to refrain from doing that when you like. Come on, seeing that's sharper, yeah. just a little higher, or wow, something's not right, and you make a face. But we can let that slide until yeah. later.
3: So I was I was saying this in the introduction about uh, you know certainly the things that I've done with you. I know Dirk is uh, is a couple of years older than I am, so I sort of followed him in a lot of places. And I remember the year that you tried out for the Voice of Liberty again. Just as a side note, it was one of the most awesome. Uh, you know, opportunities because they're right here in our backyard. And I love the voices and also the Dapper dance. But uh, the, the year after you got in, I went out there and auditioned myself. It was hilarious because they lined you up at that time. And I just remember I prepared like two songs and I was like, tonight, tonight, thank you very much. It was like one or two measures. And I was <laughs> like, I did not have whatever Disney style they were looking for. And, you know, I was I was a music major and I was like, I thought I at least would have a little bit longer. But it I have said this before, just watching you not only perform out there, but also directing out at Johnson you know, University. You do have two very different styles, which are very interesting. Um, but I can see both of these notes that you've given us so far, at least both of the thoughts have, have manifest themselves in whatever job you're doing. So I can honestly say you do live out these things about. Holding others accountable.
0: Well, I, I try. It's it, yeah. It, the Disney in the Johnson are completely different animals. Um, and teaching at the college level is 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 way different than singing with. I can be a little bit more direct with the with the students and and the adults in the my community choir out yeah. at the college, and um, but it's it's still you know, taken the same way. It's still taken the same way, but it's a completely different approach for sure. Listen, we'll be right back
3: after this message.
2: Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold indifference. to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.
3: All right, man, bring us home. Give us your third and final thought that rocks on this topic.
0: <clears throat> this may be the most important one just for... for. Um... Um, the credibility purposes of the last tag of it, but it's holding yourself accountable for that credibility. Meaning um, if you're not living up to the standards that you're setting, then nobody else is going to live up to those standards at all. Um, I, again, I started in 95 in the voice of Liberty. So it was the fall within six months, the between six months into a year, I was asked to be a sub lead. So, Now, I was granted, I was not 21, 22. I was 29 when I got hired there. And I had some choral conducting background, as Jim may have said, that he and I both worked together in a middle school setting. And I was the choir director at a middle school for a number of years. So I had a little bit of um, gravitas, we'll say, within music. But I wasn't, I didn't have any as far as Disney goes. But they saw something in me that they said, hey, we want you to just be a sub lead, meaning conduct the group, give vocal feedback and things like that, and say speeches during the shows, which is a big deal. Um, And when I first started, I was so intimidated by the people that had been there. You know, I was brand new, but here I am giving notes to people that had already been there since 1982 and 83. And so how do I manage through? And I just decided I was going to be fair and and do the right thing, and if something need to be said, it wouldn't need to be said. Now, um, one of the great things I think, and it could be taken either way, but there's, there's an old saying, give correction um, and p- give um, f- positive feedback or give um, positive responses in the light of day or in the public and then give correction in private. And there's a lot that can be said for that. That can go a long way too. But for credibility purpose for other people, that doesn't always fly. Those other people need to see that you know that something was wrong and that it can be fixed. If you're giving somebody correction in the private all the time, um, the other people don't see that and they, unless you're giving them correction, obviously, but, um, for a group of people, if they never see you out in front saying, hey, let's fix that or let's fix this, or this is great, this is great, check on this. If they just see, hey, that's great, everybody, and then you talk to a person off to the side, they don't see you coaching that person then they're not catching the full spectrum of what your knowledge is on the subject. And yeah. your credibility may come down a bit, if that makes sense.
3: What, what happens if you never hear any positive and all you're doing is getting corrective language from like a co-host all day long? <coughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Maybe I said too much.
0: Yeah. Should I leave? This is. It sounds like you guys need to do this yeah, in private. Raise um, your
1: game. Raise your game. <laughs> it's,
0: you, it's me. It's not you. Um, <laughs> <like> oh <you're> <laughs> boy! Hey, I invented it's me. It's not you. <laughs> um. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I, and then you're beat down all the time. And you're just felt like I did for the first couple of years. I was like, oh, I'm just awful. I can't get anything right. So, so
3: brand in your world, I mean, I know you, you've worked in sales position, collection agency. You know, you've done some stuff a long time ago before you went on the road. But honestly, from your 25 years traveling and, and being in the band, I mean, is this still sort of applicable? How, how does this maybe fit to you? And I'm just trying to think of other people in our audience How do you hold yourself accountable so that you can get that credibility before you really start holding others accountable? Yeah.
1: Um, it's so I'll say this it's different in a band. Um, because, you know, you, you spend every, this, this isn't a job, a job where you're in the office and you go home. This is, uh, you're on the road, you're with each other every second of every day. And that's a different dynamic. Um, when you're at waffle house at 2 AM ready to kill each other because somebody didn't play the right note over and over and over again. <laughs> um, so that, that is a, that's a different dynamic, but then it really would,
0: becomes awful yeah. house. It really? Right. Say.
1: Um, the, the, what I would say is I think the best way to earn credibility is to own up to your mistake before somebody points it out. Mm. You know, um, if you know you made a mistake, you know, I would, I'd say to them, guys, look, I'm told, I know I, I muffed that so bad. Mm. Uh, it's my bad. I'll make sure that I get it better on that next time. But like owning up to it before somebody has to point it out, like that. um, just, just shows that I'm not perfect. I don't expect anybody to be perfect. I'm willing to admit that I still have work mm. to do. Um, and I'm willing to do the work. And I think that that's the, um, <clears throat> difference in, wh- in how bands stay together, to be honest with you. If it's if it's given in that negative light in the, what's the matter with you, you stupid? How many times are you going to play that note wrong? Um, yeah. you know, band, they, bands don't make it very long on the road that way. Um, but I, I think if you look at some of the historical bands um, that have been able to not just stay together for 30 40 years but to to still make music new music 30 or 40 years later um, they're bands who have learned to do that right they're, They they learn to admit their mistakes to bring it in and learn how to apologize and mean it uh, w- with sincerity uh, mm-hmm. I think are the ones that that have that longevity as opposed to the really talented you know and that this is part of what I think is is tough even Dirk with with someone like you in a situation you might have someone who is an incredibly talented singer like just the best tone the the best pitch i mean they're incredible their presence is incredible but if their behavior is really volatile and and they're not a team player, uh, then it doesn't matter how good they are because they're actually making everybody else worse. Right.
0: You know, um, we have a saying it, it it's the hang is important. It's especially at Disney when, um, so I'm paid 10 hours a day for, uh, we do four 10 hour days. I'll use dampers as a specific thing. We do, um, eight 20 minute sets that does not equal 10 hours. So there's a right. lot of town ta- downtime. There's a lot of time that there's the hang. And if the hang is bad with someone, doesn't matter how awesome they are an incredible singer they are. It just breeds contempt and, um, yeah. doesn't the, just like bands. Um, like Jim and I just saw, uh, they might be giants mm-hmm. and they've been around, since the early 80s. And those two guys, John and John are best buds and they just, you can tell they love hanging out with each other. And I saw a rehearsal video with them and they just are ju- directed with each other. They're not me. And they're saying, no, it's not that chord. It's this chord? Oh, and they just have this dynamic with each other that works well. If it doesn't, the, the hang, if the hang is not good, then it's going to bleed onto the stage and the audience can tell they could, they might be singing the right notes, playing all the right notes, doing all the right lines, but you can tell that group with another group who really, really gets along their buds. They have a blast backstage that will seep onto the stage. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just makes for a better show for some reason, you go. There's something about those guys. There's something I can't put my finger on, but I like this performance yeah. better, you know? Um, that whole credibility uh, thing, as we get back to this, this specific um, thought, I was thinking about this also that the way the leader reacts to his leaders also will lend to the credibility of him or she, the leader, giving feedback to the people that they are above. If I can't take a note, then why am I surprised that the person I'm giving notes to can't take a note? If I can't TTFN, why can't this person then, then yeah. this is why this person can't TTFN? Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Um, so, and it's a tough pill to swallow. It really is. You're thinking, hey man, I'm just killing this. I'm doing great. This is great. And then yeah. you, you're told, no, you need to fix this, blah, blah, blah. And you just thank you. Okay. Great. Okay. Cool. Instead yeah. of coming back, well, uh, but <laughs> To, yeah. you know it's it's a hard yeah. pill to swallow it really is it's a sour well, the note. Longer,
1: but- the longer you let it go and the longer they sing the note wrong the worse it actually hurts them when they finally correct it because they're like why didn't you tell me the first 12 times i sang it wrong and yeah. why are you telling me now um it actually makes this the situation more volatile at that point
0: and you know at some point and then another layer to the credibility <laughs> is saying sorry man I should have given you this note before. I didn't hear it until now. And you may have been doing this wrong the whole time. That's my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. i sorry I yeah. got that wrong, but I just heard that. And I th- think that is just being honest like that, saying, Hey, you know, and not everybody's perfect. And I've been shanking. I didn't hear you doing that. Yeah. So sorry about that. I wish I'd have caught that sooner.
3: I think uh, Dirk yeah. uh, explained my and Brandt's relationship to a T. I mean, it's, I remember I said this just a couple of weeks ago, Brian, I said, you and I have never really gotten to a you know, drop down, drag out. I want to punch you in the face moment. We've disagreed about some stuff. Maybe mm-hmm. I can remember kind of an argument or two, but I've known you for 12, 13 years. We've been in business. We've got multiple mm-hmm. businesses together mm-hmm. for at least half that amount of time. Mm-hmm. We laugh our butts off all day long, but there are times where You know, you and I will hold each other accountable, whether it's this is how you made me feel or this is what's going on or, hey, we need to talk about this. You know, I don't feel like we have drug stuff out. I feel like we nip it in the bud. And I think our credibility is. We we can talk about anything and get past it, and then us go and, and have a bucket of meat, or go get our feet massaged, or whatever it is we're going to do after work, which actually does happen. Yes. I
1: don't want people to freak yes. out, but that's a real
0: thing. Wait, 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 wait! Oh, the totally foot totally are you giving each other foot <laughs> massages? They're totally no. different podcast.
1: No, and it's not the same place. <laughs> yeah. It's not oh, okay. Joe's bucket of meat and foot massage. It's a different. Although places. that would be
0: awesome, <laughs>
3: let's just be honest. Here. That's a great.
0: Yeah, let's think I, about I think
3: that.
1: you know there is a barbecue place in Alabama. I'm not even kidding. There's a barbecue no. place in Alabama that is barbecue and foot massage. It's disgusting. Road trip. I'm just telling let's you.
3: Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I I, I think my Oof. point was, you know, we're we're two individuals, and then a couple of our businesses we do have people that are, are contractors that are working with us. Um and, and we probably yeah. do have to hold some of them accountable, but even even on a level playing field as co-founders of a business i think we hold each other for that credibility um, but again i think this is this is such a in a smart way dirk to go about whether it's business or any type of club or whatever i just think people look at you differently when you can hold yourself accountable and i remember i probably was a pretty I don't know, boring trainer. I am, for the most part, a by-the-books type of guy. I've been like that before Hard Rock. When I worked for my dad, you know, I remember he put me in charge of an office, and I was just one of the guys one week, and next thing you know, I'm running the office. I had to let people go. I had to hold them accountable, but the ones that stayed there that were worth their weight in salt saw me differently because they remember how I was being fair to people, but I had already towed the line for a year or two. I think even Dirk with your brother, Todd, I mean, I feel like I was a by the book type of guy and got things done and he was appreciative of that versus cutting corners or doing things yeah. a different way. So I, I know this could easily branch out. We could talk about a lot of things, but I, I do think this one probably is the most important. If you can hold yourself accountable and and do the things and and not have people see you sliding and, and taking the corners or cheating or trying to do whatever on the side, Boy, that that does build that credibility, right?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, if if you're held in a, if you're held at a level, then you need to hold yourself at that level so that you can have that credibility. I mean, it, and then it just goes so far; it goes such a long way when you have that credibility. People trust yeah. you, and it's you're not going to get the pushback if they trust. You know, you still may get pushback, but I I think it's just for the health of the of the organization it, it just leads to more trust and that's what you really want in somebody that you can yeah. trust and if they can't trust you man they're not going to it's just like um uh, what's his name the coach of uh, Alabama uh, Nick Saban is you know he's a hard-driving guy but he you know those guys know where they yeah. stand and they trust him And he could Mm -hmm. scream his face off at them that they they still will run through the wall for him Mm -hmm. Um, and because they know the product that he has put out and his credibility is really, really high. And I don't think he's afraid, for instance, that that one championship game where he pulled Jalen Hurts Mm – I don't know if you remember this – he pulled him and put in Tua. And they won the game with Tua. And now both of those guys are in, in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts, who was pulled, just won a Super Bowl. You know, am I right? They won, right? I'm not losing my mind. Philadelphia Eagles, right? Uh, uh, no, no I think they not. lost. But, he, but, <laughs> but still.
1: Kansas City won, yeah.
0: Kansas City. No, he got yes. to the Super Bowl. That's it. Oh, right. it'd have been so much a better story if I'd have known what he I was talking failed about.
1: Miserably, but yeah, <laughs> <no>, I'm just <laughs> adding he it. He fails again.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you both went. I was trying to think. I'm like, he's wrong. Really
1: did you get a T-shirt in a third world country that said that the uh, Eagles won because they I'm printed untaxed. it so
0: early? Dewey <laughs> yeah. wins. Dewey he's wins like, the presidency. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But you get the, you get the gist that he yes. he went on to succeed. and he had the, he had the gumption to say,
2: yeah,
0: I'm pulling him, putting this guy in, and the team trusted him to know what he was totally. doing.
1: Totally. Well,
3: this was a great topic, man. How to hold others accountable? And the three that I wrote down were you know, giving appropriate correction in a positive way, you know, sort of the note sandwich that you said, uh, knowing when to uh, let it slide, but still address it later. And then holding yourself accountable, where that's really where you get that credibility if you're gonna hold others accountable. And I think this is great, man. I think yeah. you know, you're know you talking about it from a performance standpoint and we went a bunch of different directions. So again, I think people listening, whether it's personal or business, um, there's certainly a way that, that you can use all of these. They're brilliant. And uh, man, we're just so happy that uh, you were able to stop by. Where, where can people find out a little bit more about you or some of the things that you're working on? Where should we send people?
0: You can go to my, I have a personal website, adonimusicstudio.com, one word, Adonai, and if you know Hebrew, that's Lord, Hmm. A-D-O-N-A-I, musicstudio.com, and then you can shoot me an email from there, or you can come see the Dapper Dance of Main Street USA at the Magic Kingdom, Um, and I'm there Sundays through Wednesdays, and we always make it a point which is a great thing the voices did it and the dappers do is to chat with the guests afterwards that personal contact is just such a great thing they see you perform and then you can actually talk to them and and get personal with them and we have a lot of returning guests so i'd love to meet you on main street usa and if not uh check us out at dot for we do online music lessons and I'm one of the teachers of that, so I teach voice. So. Oh, cool, love to I mean, hear from Grant.
3: You, at some point, I got to get you to one of Dirk's parties where you know everybody there is a performer. So you wind up later on in the night. There's there's acapella singing everywhere. New Year's Eve, man. Yes,
1: it, I mean Christmas. Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's right. <laughs> yeah, Christmas That's Eve. Come on, man. By.
3: I, I love you. I know okay. we've known each other forever. Love and, you too, uh, man. Just really thankful that we had a chance. I know you have a couple other topics up your sleeve, and hopefully, we'll have you back on the show somewhere down the road, but
0: we're honored,
1: man. Thanks so much. Yeah,
0: Thanks. It's my pleasure. Love you, Jim. Brant, good to see you.
1: Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah. And listen, we know how busy you are
3: and grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider
1: leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Thus That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested
3: in having Brant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next
2: time, rock on!
3: Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of Driven Living.